1: This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky coming to you uh, once again from Northfield, Minnesota. And I have with me Pastor
0: Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from beautiful South St. Louis where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church.
1: And of course, you know, this is a very, very important week. Uh, This week we have one of the most significant holidays uh, that comes up. And that is, of course, Halloween. Of course, not. <laughs> <laughs> some people might be thinking Reformation, but no, it's it's Halloween, man. I'm so excited. How about, how about your family?
0: Oh uh, yeah, we we are excited for Halloween, uh, especially our daughter. She is ready to go. She's uh, had about two dozen different costume ideas that she's been thinking about for the past <laughs> month. I think she's finally landed on a, a duck, so uh, she's going to be a a duck for Halloween, which is which is just oh, Ducky John. That'll that so sounds... be good. That'll be good. So now, now here's
1: the question. Are you, are you going to let her go out trick-or-treating, or is she just going to be dressed as a duck at home?
0: <laughs> we shall see. I think we might make the rounds a little. I, we probably won't go out as, quite as much as we did. Um, we, we have some friends we might stop by their houses in particular, and some family that we might stop by. Uh, so to still have a little fun, but nah, I think it's going to look different than, than it typically does uh, due to COVID, of course.
1: Now now, here's my other concern. Will the mask fit over her duck beak that That seems to be a problem <laughs> that's right <laughs>
0: Protect the duck that's right uh, that's social right. distance with the duck no, but yeah, so uh, well, sure. I,
1: I myself am dressed up as Batman right now, just so our listeners <laughs> know that <laughs> because. You know, I, I get into Halloween. I'll wear my Batman all week. <laughs> thanks, thanks for letting us know, Jenkins. Well, actually, radio, the truth is, I know,
0: <laughs> we wouldn't know otherwise.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose I should confess to you that I I, I wear my Batman outfit a lot, not just on Halloween. <laughs> it's <but>.
0: year round. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. Um, we, we should so, probably so.
0: Uh, I was gonna say we should probably introduce. Oh, yes, we should.
1: maybe we shouldn't identify us. <laughs> maybe this should remain a mystery. <laughs> but but of course, this is
0: wrestling with wrestling the with
1: the basics. Uh our special Halloween episode. Are you dressed up, Matt, for our special Halloween episode? No. Of course, John. No problem. Of course. Are you what do you what costume do you have on? Matt?
0: Would you be any the wiser if I wasn't dressed
1: up? <laughs> <laughs> Well, of course. You can just make stuff up. Who would See, know?
0: I, I know you're not making up the Batman thing. I, I have every confidence <laughs> that you're dressed like the <laughs> Caped Crusader <fine>. right now. <laughs> I'm
1: Batman. Yes.
0: <laughs> no, I am not dressed up currently, to be honest. Oh. I'm just, uh, I'm just my. my will, passport. Will,
1: will, will you have like a duck costume on to go out with your daughter? Or? Uh,
0: I wasn't planning on it, but I, I guess oh, that's okay. a possibility. You
1: should think about that. I think that would be cute. A big duck, a little duck. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Duck, duck, goose, whatever. Oh,
0: there you go. I could talk to my wife to be the goose. That's great. Yeah, there
1: you go. Well, I think I think for, for the sake of our new listeners, now that we're on Wednesdays and Saturdays, we should get on to something a little more serious. <laughs> that's um, right. That's right. That's not going to so, be so too here, hard to do. No, that's true. <laughs> you know, that's our motto. It's got to get better from here. <laughs> so um, why? Here's a, here, I have a lot of time to think now that I'm retired. Matt, and one of the questions that occurred to me, why, why didn't God just start with King David, right? You know, we're giving him a king. So why don't you just start with a good guy? Why do we have to have King Saul, who turns out to be just a big mess of a king? Uh, That's a good
0: question. Yeah, because they uh, the people demand a king. They don't want these judges anymore. They want to be like the other nations around them. And God gives them, yeah, of all people, Saul. And as we see Saul... Talk about, uh, you know, things getting better in Saul's life. No, things got worse. It only got worse from there, it seems.
1: And and obviously God knows that. <laughs> so why, why start with Saul? We know David's going to be the good king. He's going to be the the uh, ancestor of, of Jesus Christ, right? That's a, the, yeah, the yeah. king king of David, you bet. Uh, David's throne. Uh, but now you told me that you found something really interesting about the whole king thing. Uh, in the book of Genesis, which I, I'd never heard this before.
0: Yeah, I think, yes, sometimes we think, well, the kings of Israel, where did that idea come from? Where does it originate? Well, the, the people demanded a king, and, and then God gave them one. And, well, yeah, there, there's truth to that. And the people demanded a king, and perhaps even sinfully demanded a king, wanting to be like the other nations. But God, in his uh, foreknowledge, already had this plan in place. Uh, all the way back as far as Genesis. So we're in Genesis chapter 17, uh, especially verse uh, 6. This is where God is speaking to Abraham. He's giving him this covenant and talking about circumcision and says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. Okay. I will make you into nations. All right. And then he goes on and says, and kings shall come from you. I think that's interesting. So already now there's this promise that kings are going to come from Abraham. And then we see that come to pass certainly then with Saul and David and Solomon and all the kings are to follow who are descendants from abraham
1: so so here's the strange thing though uh, we will find out today that actually uh King was not a good idea uh because it involved a certain rejection of another king, uh, but we'll get into that later on. Uh, and yet, apparently, God knew this, and God planned for it, and God actually will turn this around and make it a good thing, as, as we learn in Romans that God makes everything work together for good. Uh, so even though it has kind of an evil basis to it, yeah, God's capable of taking what is evil for us and actually make it into a, a blessing and maybe even a, a thing of salvation. But we'll, we'll talk about that more as we get into the end of our our study. Um, what I'd like to begin with, though, is is to talk a little bit about Saul. Here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to give people the big picture of the story of Saul and David, because I think there's actually a very, very practical lesson for all of us for our day-to-day lives from the big picture about Saul and David. So is okay. that okay, Matt? We'll talk That's about great. the big picture? Okay. So 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 let's begin with, with the fact that Saul actually seems to be the guy that should be king. If you were to look at everybody uh, in the the nation of Israel at that point, uh, Saul would be an outstanding candidate. Uh, in fact, uh, have, are you ready? Because uh, we're going to do a lot of flipping through the Bible here. So you got your protective uh, rubber fingertips because I don't want you to get any paper cuts here, Matt.
0: I am right? ready, John. I am suited up. I knew we were doing this, so I am ready to go. I've got All right. proper equipment.
1: Okay, so let's go right away <laughs> okay. to 1 Samuel 9, verses 1 through 2.
0: All right, here we go. Uh, there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeor, the son of Bekaroth, the son of Ephiah, a Benjamite. I know why you asked me to read this, John, because I've asked you to do all those tough names in Jeremiah a few weeks That's ago. Right. So you're, it's payback, huh? Okay. All right. All right. So he's a Benjamite, tribe of Benjamin, a man of wealth, it says. Uh, verse two. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome man. There was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he from his shoulders upward he was taller than any of the people his anointing and installation as king a very public no, thing no, that's enough.
1: Oh. That- Okay, no, go ahead. No, that's that's not the Bible, man.
0: Oh,
1: all right. <laughs> You're just making stuff I've up. Gone off the rails.
0: Watch out. Rain me in. Okay. <laughs> that's
1: right. So, so how tall are you, Matt? How it was tall the hard
0: you? names. They threw me off, John. And that's right. Um, it
1: broke your concentration. That's right.
0: It's right. How tall am I? Yeah. Yeah. On radio or in person?
1: <laughs> in, so, person. in
0: person. I am. <laughs>
1: That's right, because you could say anything. Oh, I'm six foot five. How yeah. would we know?
0: I'm wearing a Batman costume. <laughs> All right, right. <laughs> I am five uh, ten, about five ten. All
1: right, that that's about my height. I, I actually was five eleven at one point, and the older you get, the shorter you get. Um, but neither one of us would be uh, taller than any of the people, as it says here. We certainly wouldn't be the most handsome amongst the people of of Israel or New Athens or St. Louis either. <laughs> Um but of course people don't know that. We, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Oh yeah, we're we're really handsome tall dudes. Yeah, speak
0: for um, yourself, John. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. But but the point is, this this is a guy that looks outstanding. He looks like the kind of guy yes. that you'd want to have as your king. And indeed, when they anoint him and when they install him, it's very public. It's very glorious. Uh, in fact, on the day that Samuel anoints him, they have a great feast for Saul. Uh, now, now you don't have to flip too far here. Just go down to verses 22 of 1 Samuel nine okay. and read that if All you right. would.
0: Then Samuel took Saul and his young man and brought them into the hall and gave them a place at the head of those who had been invited, who were about 30 persons. And Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion I gave you, of which I said to you, put it aside. So the cook took up the leg and what was on it and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, See what was kept is set before you. Eat, because it was kept for you until the hour appointed, that you might eat with the guests. So Saul ate with Samuel that day.
1: So it's a special meal. He's at the table of honor. It's a great banquet with 30 persons. The prophet Samuel is there. So this is a big public deal, this anointing of Saul to be king. Uh, Read on. uh, Now you got to flip to the next chapter, chapter 10, verses 23, where it talks about his uh, installation as king.
0: All right, here we go. Then they ran and took him from there. And when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upward. There we go again. And Samuel said to all the people, do you see him whom the Lord has chosen? There is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted, long live the king.
1: And I love that statement by Samuel. There is none like him among all the people. You can see that Samuel seen this tall, handsome guy. And Samuel thinks, well, of course, this is the kind of person that needs to be king uh, of Israel. Now contrast that with David, however. Because David is not the one you would expect. Uh, in fact, here's this classic story. You, you got to go all the way to chapter 16 now, so don't hurt yourself, Matt, as you're moving through all those right. pages. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's verse six, and this is, we'll just do kind of an abbreviated account of Samuel looking for the new king. Uh, there's a new king he has to anoint. He doesn't know who he is, but he's uh, come, come there to the uh, home of Jesse. Uh, looking to find which one of Jesse's sons is the anointed one.
0: Okay, so First Samuel 16. All right. Uh, when they came, he, that's uh, Samuel, looked on Eliab, and he thought, well, surely the Lord's anointed is before
1: him. All Jesse- so let me interrupt you. So this yeah. is the oldest son of Jesse. Again, yes. he must be a really good-looking guy, probably taller, a little bigger. And okay, yeah, so this this must be the king. Yeah, I'll keep on reading.
0: At the very least, he's the firstborn, right? Well, so, yeah, Wait, no. so
1: that, that's, that's, that's a natural advantage, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: then Jesse called Ab- Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, uh, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass by Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? <laughs> and he said, there remains yet the youngest. But behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down until he comes here.
1: So so whereas with Saul, you look at him, you say right away, this is the guy that, that must be king. But in this case... No, no one thinks David would be king. He's the youngest. He's just a shepherd. This isn't the kind of quality man you want to be king. And in fact, it's interesting, even when we're down to David, Samuel still seems a little bit unsure. Well, we won't do anything until he gets here. Uh, but so even Samuel doesn't think of David as a man qualified uh, and, and, and uh, who should be uh, the king of Israel. Yeah. And even and Dad, I'm like,
0: even, oh yeah, go yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Go I was going to yeah. say even no. Jesse, the Dad, almost forgets about David. He's an afterthought. Oh, you know, if Samuel hadn't said anything, you wonder if he would have even spoken up about David uh, being the youngest son.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So he doesn't even bring him in from the field because no yeah. one would want David. That obviously can't be the one that God would anoint. Uh, and what's interesting is that the anointing here in itself is not public. It's not a big glorious thing, but it's almost a secret and hidden thing. Uh, going back to uh, the beginning of this story you were reading, uh, 1 Samuel 16, 2 through 4. Okay. Uh, Samuel has been sent to anoint a uh, I, I king, but, but look what Samuel says here in those verses.
0: Okay. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him who I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and he came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, do you come peaceably?
1: So obviously the problem here, why we can't have a glorious public uh, installation and anointing as we did in the case of Saul. uh, Well, what is the problem, Matt?
0: Well, Saul is still king. And uh, (laughs) this is kind of behind (laughs) Saul's back. But yet it's something commanded by God, too.
1: Well, I'm thinking it was the same way when the wise men, the magi, as my wife would say, come to King Herod and say, oh, we've come to worship the one who is king of the Jews. And Herod obviously gets what?
0: Jealous. So and angry so much so that he he uh, go, goes to great lengths to kill the children in Bethlehem in the area.
1: Because the problem is you can only have one king. Yep. <laughs> that That's pretty much how it works. Not two kings, one king. They called him so, but... It occurs to me that all of this, uh, the, the fact that the one who is chosen is one that no one would think. we know David, he can't be king and and the fact that it's very hidden rather than being out in the public and a glorious thing, it's a very secret hidden thing, it's because Samuel actually made a mistake when he first anointed Saul. Now I did make a, a mistake in anointing Saul. No, no, don't misunderstand me. Saul was the one who God wanted at that point. But what was in Samuel's heart was wrong. And and God actually corrects him here when he goes to anoint David. The Lord says, you know, you made a mistake, Samuel, when you anoint, the reason why you thought I had chosen Saul. And I don't want you to make that same mistake here. So here, one last time from 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, um, what the Lord says to Samuel.
0: The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart.
1: So that's kind of a rebuke to Samuel, because you, you remember from what we read, Samuel had made a big point out of the handsomeness and out of the, the height of Saul. In fact, when he, when he installs him, he says, oh, look at this guy. Obviously, no one else could be like him in Israel. And, and so the Lord's kind of, I, I had not noticed that before that the Lord is kind of rebuking Samuel and says, Samuel, no, you you chose the guy. It was the one I chose. I'm not denying that. You, you were right in that. But your heart, where you were at, what you were thinking, that was totally wrong. That's not how the Lord chooses, not on the basis of an outward appearance, uh, but on the basis of the heart. So let's go back and talk about what the problem is with Saul then. Because actually, I think that, that, that it starts pretty good when it comes to Saul. Uh, when, when Samuel first comes to Saul, he actually has a pretty decent attitude. Uh, if you could flip back a few pages now to First Samuel 9, verse 21. Sure. And, and this is Saul's response when Samuel says, I've come to anoint you as king.
0: Okay, Saul answered, am I not a Benjamite from the least of the tribes of Israel? And is not my clan the humblest in all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then have you spoken to me in this way?
1: So, what's, what's Saul's attitude when, when Samuel comes and says, Well, the Lord has chosen you to be king?
0: Well, probably the right one, one of humility. Uh, yeah, he does not expect that he would be king.
1: And, 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 and people, I think that's the personal lesson we have to take from this. You know, we're all chosen, uh, we are to be the sons of, of a king. Uh, we pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come. And I always remind people that's our kingdom. Right? We're, we're the princesses and, and, and the princesses. Uh, uh, we are the children of, of the heavenly king. Uh, but that's not a thing to be proud of. Well, I guess it is to be proud of that. But, but we need to remember we didn't get chosen because we deserved it. Are we ever so special? Are we were so better from other people? No, it's, it's good for us to be humble, even as God has raised us up in glory. And that, of course, is the problem. Uh, Saul forgets that. Uh, read First Samuel 15, verse 12. I think this is very striking.
0: Okay. Uh, and Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, and it was told Samuel, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself, and turned passed on and went down to Gilgal.
1: So, so the context here is the Amalekites have been given the Israelites problems. And uh, the text tells us that the spirit of God uh, had filled Saul and filled with the spirit of God. He had gone and he had defeated the Amalekites. And what is his response, Matt, after he defeats the Amalekites?
0: Well, he builds a monument to himself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 yeah, see, obviously, he he couldn't have defeated the Amalekites by his own power. In fact, the very motivation to defeat the Amalekites, as the text clearly says, came from the Spirit of God. And yet now he sets up a monument to himself. Mm-hmm. And the problem here, what's really ironic, is that actually Saul didn't do what God had commanded him. Uh, God had commanded him to devote the Amalekites to destruction uh, that's a phrase that's used throughout the Bible, and it kind of confuses us because uh, it seems kind of cruel. But that was the command that everyone was supposed to be destroyed and all of their animals and all of their flocks were to be destroyed. But Saul, of course, didn't do that. He, he kept the king alive and he kept all of the uh, uh, animals and flocks for himself. And this, of course, begins his whole downfall as uh, uh, the one God had selected. Um, And that's the problem, Matt, when we put the focus on ourselves, we become proud and we begin to trust in our own works. And there stands the contrast with David. Uh, Let's just hear one quick story about David from 1 Samuel 17, verse 37.
0: Okay. And David said— Go ahead, yeah. Okay. So this is David and Goliath, right? Uh, And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine." And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you.
1: So you see, David understands that that if he has success, if he has victory, it's because of the Lord, not because of him. See, that was a good thing to be the last guy chosen, to be the guy that nobody thinks should be king. Because then you understand, well, if I am king, this is entirely the Lord's work of grace and mercy, not, not because of my works. Um, and and I think this goes back to the underlying problem. If you could read one last passage to us from First Samuel ten verses seventeen to nineteen. Let's go back to the very beginning when the people said they wanted to have a king, and this is what the Lord says about that.
0: Okay. Now Samuel called the people together to the Lord in Mizpah, and he said to the people of Israel, "Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought up." Israel out of Egypt, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all the kingdoms that were oppressing you. But today you have rejected your God, who saves you from all your calamities and your distress. And you have said to him, set a king over us. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by tribes and by your thousands.
1: So, so the problem is when the children of Israel asked for a God or a king rather, they rejected God. That's what I was trying to say. Because God had been their king. God had been providing and taking care of them. But no, no, they needed to have a human king to do the things that God had done for them in Egypt and in the uh, uh, you know, the, the, the wilderness and entering into the promised land. And, and so here's my thought. What's God going to do about that? Is he going to give them the good king, David? And then they would say, well, yeah, see, we were smart. We were right. That's what we needed. We needed an earthly king. So somehow God had to remind the children of Israel that no, no, they don't need an earthly king. They need the Lord. And so in, in Lutheran terms, I think Saul is the law. It's God coming to the Israelites and saying, here's what you wanted, but this really isn't going to help you. You don't need any earthly king. You need me to be your king. I can use earthly kings for your benefit. That's true. But what you really need is me. So he gives them the law and Saul. And then he turns around and gives them the gospel in David. Uh, the man who, by the way, does put his trust in the Lord. He's a sinner. He also will fall. He'll he'll do the same thing that Saul did. He'll actually uh, become proud and think things are in his control. But he'll repent of that. He'll repent of that. He'll return again in faith to the Lord, trusting only in the Lord now, not only to save him, but also to forgive him. And I think that's the lesson for us. If we're having struggles and trials It's probably because we need struggles and trials. We need to remember it's not about us. It's not about our strength or our wisdom. It is about God, by the way, who is always faithful, who always loves us, who always cares for us, who always forgives us. And as you demonstrated in the story of Jeremiah uh, from previous weeks, he's also the one who will always deliver us. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you, Matt. Uh, We're out of time. Uh, uh, This has been Wrestling with Wrestling with the Basics.